Our scripture this evening is Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. It is so good to be together tonight. I'm, I'm thankful that you made the effort to be here. I know sometimes it, it takes effort on a Sunday night to be here, and you made that effort, and I know God will bless you for it. It is good to be together. Matthew 28, and Jesus came to them, and he said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I will be with you to the very end of the age we call it the great commission and this morning if you were here you know that we talked a lot about the great commission and I can assure you next Sunday we're going to talk a lot about the great commission and we should because I think it's not just Jesus's words his calling and commission for those men that day it is his commission for us here in 2019 in Edmond, Oklahoma. It is a great commission. I, I heard a speaker the other day. He thought it would be amusing to put on the screen, make the commission great again. He got a few chuckles, mostly just groans, kind of like what we just heard there. If you still haven't gotten it, then think about it later. Maybe the light bulb will go off. Make the commission great again. But it is a great commission. It's great because the one who commissions us is great. It's also great because the opportunity is great. The opportunity in front of us. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. There's something like 195 countries in this world that 7.7 billion people call home. That's a lot of people. I think about half of them were in the drive through line at Chick-fil-A the other day when I was there. You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, think about how many people are in this world. When you talk about all nations, that's billions of people, literally. And yet behind Jesus' commission is also his example. Have you ever thought about how Jesus made disciples? How did Jesus make disciples? Yes, he preached to the multitudes. Certainly he did that. And he challenged the religious leaders of the day in different contexts. But how did Jesus make disciples? He invited a, a handful of guys to come and follow him, to do life with him, to listen to him, to learn from him, to eat with him, to travel with him, and then for them to go and do the same thing, to go and make disciples themselves just like Jesus helped them to become disciples and so we see in Matthew chapter 4 the passage that Kyle read just a few moments ago one of these invitations Jesus verse 18 was walking beside the sea of Galilee he saw two brothers Simon called Peter and his other brother Andrew they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen come follow me Jesus said and I will send you out to fish for people at once they left their nets and followed him. It's pretty amazing that they would just leave everything behind and go and follow Jesus, and yet that's what they did because they saw something in Jesus. He was different. 
And when Jesus says, follow me, they say, we'll put everything down, we'll leave everything behind, and we'll follow you. And Jesus says, follow me, travel with me, learn from me, walk with me, listen to me, learn from me. And as you do that, know that I am equipping you to do what? To fish for people, to do the same thing, to make disciples. And so in many ways, Jesus gives us a model for how to make disciples. There are lots of ways to make disciples. That's why we go to all these places where these flags are. That's why we send out mission trips and support missionaries. But the way Jesus did it, at least one of the ways, was to spend time with people. Disciples are made in the context of relationships. And by the way, that's, that's why we support missionaries and don't just send people on mission trips. Because you know how it is, you go to a place for a week or 10 days and you do work projects and you get to know people and you build some connections and then what? You get back in the bus or you get back on the plane and you come home. And yeah, you're going to email and you're going to keep up with each other on social media and you're going to you know, keep in contact, but it's just not the same. So our missionaries are out there building relationships, connections, so that they can disciple people so that people can move closer to Christ and Christ-likeness. And so we take that very seriously around here. And not only on the mission field, but what about right here? Because all of us are missionaries. All of us go into the world every day. Whatever that world looks like, whatever that world is, we go into the world every day. And we are to answer the Great Commission at the office, at school, at the, at the fields, the ballpark, at the, the, the shopping center, the restaurant, at home, in the neighborhood. We are to make disciples. But how do you do that? You do it the same way Jesus did it. Through relationships, through building connections, through spending time with people, through sharing life together. But that's not always easy. I mean, Jesus goes up, sees these fishermen, and he says, come and follow me. The invite is sometimes one of the most difficult things, isn't it? I mean, you just don't necessarily want to go up to someone and say, hey, you want to come and follow me to church? You want to follow me as we try to move closer to Jesus? But maybe we should. But sometimes it helps to have some kind of context, some kind of opportunity to make that a little easier, doesn't it? And so that's why we're really emphasizing at least three ways here that we can make disciples. Three important methods, approaches, initiatives, whatever word you want to use. Our prayer is that God will use them to make disciples. Discovery Bible study, mentoring, and shared experiences. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And our goals tonight are to, first of all, inform you about these three areas so that you know more about them. You've probably heard a little bit about them, Maybe you've seen some flyers or something, and you hear me talk about the bookmarks with Discovery Bible Study, but we want to inform you so you know what these things are. But secondly, we want you to see where disciple-making intersects with these opportunities. But not just these opportunities. We want you to think about your own life, your own interactions every day. How can disciple-making interact and intersect with what you're doing every day. 
And then finally, in a very practical way, we just want to give you an on-ramp into some of these things. Maybe you, you hear this or you see something and you think, man, I, that's something God is calling me to do. That's something I can do. How, what, what do I do? What's my next step? And we want to try to provide that for you tonight. And so Kent Risley and Sean McElroy are going to help me as we talk about these things. And I have some questions for them. Have a seat, fellas. Are your mics on? Yes, I do. Yep. I got the middle, huh? All right. You're the middle. (laughs) You're the meat of the sandwich. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's talk about these three areas. And let's just begin by giving sort of the quick blurb. If someone caught you in the hallway and said, Sean, what is shared experience? I don't even know what that means. Or Kent, tell me about mentoring. I mean, I know what mentoring is, but I don't really know what it means in the context of our church. What would you say? Give us your 30-second plug for each of these. Uh, go ahead, Kent. You start. You know, mentoring is an uh, intergenerational relationship that's one-on-one with the, the goal of, of being made into a faithful disciple of Christ, a better faithful disciple of Christ. All right. You took about 17 seconds, so you have a little extra time. What's your... Fair. Okay, okay. Sean may need it. (laughs) Basically, the idea for shared experience is just a group of people that share an interest and spend time together. That's kind of the face value piece. Uh, We're also spending a small portion of that time in actual Bible study. And the idea is using this as an outreach tool, somebody that might not be comfortable walking into the church building the first time. That might be an intimidating experience, but it's not so bad to invite that person to a pickup basketball game or a craft group or something like that. So um, it's it's really a contact point is the idea, the initial idea. There's also an intergenerational element too. So an entry point, good. And for Discovery Bible Study, it's, it's really a simple, proven way for people to open up God's Word together and just learn and grow and encourage each other and share life together and pray for each other. There is great power in the Word of God. And if we don't open it, then we miss out on that power. So Discovery Bible Study is just an easy, proven way to do that. I'm just curious, we've been doing some of these things for over a year Mm-hmm. Discovery Bible Study is over a year. Yeah, Discovery Bible Study, not, quite, that way. not Did, quite a year. We've got one that has been okay. One that's been going longer. Than so that. I'm, I'm curious if you have participated in Discovery Bible Study, whether it was on an ongoing basis or just you tried it a couple times with someone at church or your family or someone at work. Discovery Bible Study, or you have attended one of the shared experience groups, or you are part of the mentoring program. Raise your hand if you have done that. Thank you so much. That is great. I don't don't know what the percentage was. Obviously, you know my eyes. I can't really see. (laughs) Proven this morning if you're at second service. But I saw lots of hands there. and So that's that's remarkable. Well, let's kind of dig down a little bit deeper in each one of these and describe sort of the structure or uh, what's behind it, maybe the motivation. And let me just start with Discovery Bible Study since that slide is up. Uh, As I said, it's, it's a proven way. It's an easy way to open up God's Word. And so the idea is that you ask one or two or three people, the, the small group, this is intended for a small group. In fact, it's very difficult to do Discovery Bible Study with a group of 10 or 12 or more. But two or three people get together, and there is a very specific order of questions, only eight questions. You don't have to prepare anything. You simply go through these eight questions. Every time we do a Sunday morning series, we put these questions on a bookmark along with the biblical text on the other side. 
That's the thing about Discovery Bible Study. You can use any biblical text you want. And so if you are studying with someone and you know that something is happening in their life, you can choose biblical texts that apply directly to what they're going through. Or if they're wondering about what it means to be a Christian or how do you become a Christian, you can go through the conversion stories of Acts or you can look at some of the teachings of Jesus. You can pick texts that apply specifically to them, but always ask these same questions. And through these questions, you open up and you share what's going on in your life. At the end, you pray for each other. But you also discover, what does this text say about God? And so the idea of the Bible study isn't, you know, here's what you should know, here's what you should think. It is, what do I learn about God? Secondly, what do I learn about me? What do we learn about people? What does this say about us? And a very practical question is, what's your takeaway? From this text, what is your big takeaway? We can't remember three or four or five things, but what is one thing that I can take with me? And then with whom can I share it? Who needs to hear this? Who can be encouraged by this or maybe challenged by this? Who can I share this with? There's great power in this proven method. In fact, uh, one of our shepherds just got back, Jim Gooden just got back from Beirut, of all places. And one of the things that they learned about was a ministry to Syrian refugee widows. And many of these Syrian refugee widows are coming to Christ out of Islam. You know what they're using? Discovery Bible study. They're using Discovery Bible study. So it is a proven method, very effective. Okay. Kent, tell us about mentoring. Now, mentoring is a, a very special relationship. It's, um, it's where you, co- you come to a person that's probably uh, older than you, has experienced a little bit more, and you learn from, from them how to walk through life and how to walk and follow the example of Christ. We kind of have a text that we go by. It's uh, Psalm 145, verse 4. One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. So uh, someone to, who wants to be mentored comes into a relationship with a mentor and, and they talk. Now, we, we do ask them very specifically to, to, the mentor is responsible for bringing up Scripture. It doesn't have to be the Discovery Bible study. They could do that. But it, the Bible is our guide. And so as you talk, of course, God's Word's going to, to be a part of that. But it's, it's more of sharing life experiences. Uh, it's be, being very vulnerable. Um, it's... it's it, we, it's, it's coming into a relationship that's very, very special, and it's followed. And both people are built up by it. It's not just one or the other. And uh, so it's, it's a very special kind of relationship. Now remind me, do we have specific types of mentoring, like marriage mentoring, financial mentoring, job search mentoring? Remind me of that. Well, in fact, our, our sign-up is online, and uh, there's a spot where you can put that in. We found out of our first round that uh, most people just, I just want a, a, a Christian that's a, a few steps in front of me that, that can come alongside me. But if it, it's financial or if, if grief's a big part of your life right now, um, maybe you're at a place at, at work in your career where leadership is, is a characteristic. And if you were to say this is a specific interest or area that I, I want to consider in a heavy way, then as we find a mentor for you, we would certainly take that into consideration. But more, more and more, we just find people that just want somebody who's outside of their family and outside of their age group that they can come into a one-on-one relationship. And that's the difference here. Is that's a, it's just a one-on-one deal. Good. Very good. 
Sean, in the shared experiences, there seems to be lots of moving parts, different groups, different dynamics. They meet at different times. So kind of walk us through the structure behind some of that and then maybe even share the groups. I think we have a slide with some of the groups on there. Well, first of all, with that, yes, there are a lot of different moving parts, and so I have enlisted some help. Uh, Josh and Abby Messick, who are sitting over here, are going to be stepping into some of the leadership role. Uh, if you don't already know these two, they're amazing people, and you'll be encouraged by building a relationship with them. But they're going to be stepping into some of that leadership, and I really appreciate their uh, willingness to do that. We have eight different shared experience groups, and I think I'm going to have the same problem that, uh, that you had this <laughs> yeah, morning. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how I do. Um, the first one we have golf. Uh, Bill Collins is leading that one. That one meets weekly. Very seasonal though. Right now it meets weekly. Won't the winter. Um, we have an art and do-it-yourself craft group. Daniel Waldo is going to be leading that one. It's monthly. A board games group. That is monthly. Aaron Grafey is leading that one. Uh, they've taken a break over the summer but are getting going again here. Uh, quilting. We have Enid Lawler that is leading that one up and uh, are really excited about some of the places that that's going. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is my weird little random hobby that uh, I decided to kind of start a group on. So uh, yeah, we meet Sunday afternoons once a week at OC. There is a basketball group. Uh, Patrick Rayner is heading up for us. Uh, they meet in the gym right over here one Sunday night a month. Um, and then we have Knitting and Yarn Craft. Uh, Ashley Bettis is leading that one up, and that will be monthly. And then Mountain Biking is another one of my weird hobbies. So uh, that's going to be a, a monthly kind of weather-dependent sort of thing also. Just don't mix your two hobbies. That would not probably not go well there. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> while you're biking. Right, that might be a problem. I don't know. <laughs> so let's talk about the disciple making aspect of this. How does disciple making intersect with these, these pairings, these groups, and then also with Discovery Bible Study? In other words, how, how are we to be intentional with these opportunities so that they're not just as good as getting together and playing basketball is, that it's more than that? And, and again, I think maybe bring out the entry point aspect of that because that is huge. People won't necessarily come to church, but they might go play ball, or they might uh, quilt or, or do something like that. So we'll start with you, Sean. What, what do you think about the disciple-making aspect of it? Well, I mean, if we look around the community that we live in, we have a church on every block. And so what, if you're just somebody that doesn't have any experience with faith or Christianity, what is a difference that we have? And before we can even communicate where we come from or what we're about or what our beliefs are or what our core values are, we have to connect to that person. We have to build a relationship. And hopefully this is a way that we can have that touch point, that connected, uh, that place where somebody can walk in. Um, the fact that we uh, want to have scripture as being a crucial part of this, that we actually do take time to sit down, open the word. It's not, uh, it's not the whole time, but it is a piece of what we do. And so that reminds us that that is what we're about here. These are the things that are important to us. And so we're able to build relationships with people. And it's my hope that maybe we have shared experience groups that break off into uh, Discovery Bible Series groups, that maybe there are some mentoring relationships that, and in fact, I've even heard about some informal ones that are growing out of some of these shared experience groups. So I think these can move into these different places. We have Go Connect Embrace, and in a way, I feel like shared experience can hit a lot of that go element. We talk about sending people to the other side of the world, and that is fantastic and needs to happen. But man, we can minister to people at the golf course as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. What about in mentoring? You know, uh, what Sean just talked about is, is, is very important. Mentoring is, is coming into a one-on-one relationship in a very meaningful and, and designated way that this is not some casual entry point. This is where I'm seriously working on my discipleship and there are few relationships we get to have in our church family where we can truly hold one another accountable. Hopefully each one of us have some of those roles. But this is one of those where, where um, we, ask, we ask for um, mentor and mentee to, to meet for six months, a couple of times a month. So you're, you're getting together regularly and, and you're being, being able to be vulnerable on both sides and hold each other accountable. It, uh, while the Bible enters in again, it is, this is the journey we're on, and this is where I am on this journey, and let's how, see how the Bible speaks to that and how our life experiences speak to us. So uh, accountability and um, a, a very uh, intentional desire to seriously improve my walk with, with Jesus. Okay. So this isn't a casual relationship. Right. This isn't, let's go have a cup of, well, I mean, you might do it over coffee, but it's not, let's just talk about life. It's, it's to talk about how our journey with Jesus and right. how it's going and uh, the life experiences that both are having and have had that help on that journey. And it may not start with that level of, of depth and vulnerability, not. but that's the value of continuing to get together and building on the previous time and the previous time and building that trust and building that confidence where you do get to a point where I trust this person, I can become more vulnerable, and that's where real growth happens, I think. Absolutely. Certainly growth in Christ. For Discovery Bible Study, it's obviously the power is in the Word of God. And one of the great things about this method of Bible study, and by the way, if, if you use a different method or a different approach, God bless you, that's great. Keep using it. One of the beautiful things about Discovery Bible Study is it allows the Word to speak for itself. The text speaks. What, what does this text say about God? What does it say about humankind? What is it saying to me? What is the Holy Spirit sharing with me right now to impact me, to change me? And so you visibly see growth as you continue to meet together over prayer and God's Word, and that's the idea. And of course, there's a lot of overlap in all three of these. In fact, I don't know if there's any value in differentiating be- between the three, but what would you say are some of the differences or similarities? How would you... Uh, compare them, I guess. Any thoughts on that, either one of you? I, I think Kent hit on it with, with vulnerability. When we have a group of 20 people that are getting together to do a project, it's a different relationship than it is when we sit down and we pour over God's word or when we just sit down and have a six-month relationship where we really connect to somebody. So I think a lot of it is where are people in their journey? Are they just starting this discipleship process? Are they further along in it? And then what level of vulnerability are we asking for people to to connect with? And I, I think that's a... a significant element of it. Yeah, I agree. Anything to add to that? You know, uh, in our lives, I mean, we, there are guys that I hang out with and, and we have shared experiences and we, in, we enjoy talking about those. We visit about them. There are others, once, like my discovery, the Discovery Bible Study group that I'm a part of. It's just such a pleasure to sit down and open up God's Word and, and, to, allow, and to have that time and watch where that conversation leads and speaks to our, our areas. And mentoring is, a, is just a step. I mean, I don't know if it's deeper or anything, but it's a, it's a different step. And I hope almost all of us have that. Um, 
And, and to be um, someone who's being mentored is such a blessing. But it is just as uh, revealing and helpful and, and growing to, to try and come alongside somebody and where they are and help them progress. It helps me progress, uh, that, that you progress as well. Yeah, and that's a good point I think to make is, uh, you know, we probably all, most of us at least, need to be mentored, but we also can provide mentoring. Absolutely. Just curious if you know, do you happen to know the age range right now, the people involved, is it like teenager to, what would you say? I mean, I think you have some teenagers involved in it. Yeah, and uh, probably 40s. Okay. Probably into their 40s. So um, we need some of that wisdom from 60s and 70s plus. Oh, you mean how old the yeah. people doing the mentoring are? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're up there. Okay, I'm good. Sorry. That's I what I thought. On the, on the downside. But, you know, I've heard our youth group talk about it. You know, they intentionally, when they go into high school, they intentionally build relationships with the middle school. Right. And, and mentoring is not something that just old people That's do right. with young. It's a, it's a step or two ahead, but it is intergenerational. I mean, I mean, there's a difference, right. but it's an intentional deal of helping that person grow, whether they've asked for it or if you can just come alongside them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, share with us some of the, some of the wins, some of the success stories, some of the things that you're hearing or seeing uh, through these, these different areas. Sean, what are you seeing and hearing with shared experiences? Uh, a lot of what we've talked about were people that don't have any experience with church or having connections here. Um, you know, I, I talked to Bill Collins, who's running our golf group, and there's somebody that they uh, just met from the golf course that plays with them almost every week. Uh, and our jiu-jitsu one, it is a piece of what they do in the police academy. And so some of the police academy recruits have figured out that they can come practice with us for free to have a leg up on what they're going to be doing in the police academy. So most of the summer we've had six to ten police academy recruits that have had, uh, they don't have any other contact with our you know, fellowship, but have, have been very involved in our jiu-jitsu group all summer. So that's been a, a pretty significant piece. And also if he, I'm hearing a lot about those intergenerational connections that are happening uh, through these. Just curious, is getting a leg up in jiu-jitsu a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I guess it all depends, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Kent, what about you? What, what success stories, what wins are you seeing and hearing about? And I know, and it's probably fair to say that you probably hear more because the mentoring groups are a little more private, I guess, confidential, but are you hearing some things? Yeah, and I think one of the biggest is the intergenerational aspect yeah. of it. As one person put it, it, it's so nice to be able to go to somebody outside of my friend group or my age group and outside of my family to talk to. And and you hear people talk about how it's not so much about getting advice. It's, it's more, I think most of them would say it, it feels more like a conversation than somebody telling me what I should do or shouldn't do. And it's a, it's a two-way street. It's, it's a, a conversation. It's a, I mean, we encourage people to, to, to have prayer requests. And it's not just what can I pray for the person who's being mentored. It's the mentor shares as well. It's just a sharing of life together intergenerationally and it's so it, it's so much of what Jesus did with his disciples it's it's very much the pattern a mentoring is is very close to that pattern we read about in the Bible so many times absolutely you know I love when people come up to me and say hey in our discovery Bible study this happened or we're doing this or we're studying this or we we're keeping up with the sermons using the bookmarks and going along by the way you don't have to do it with the sermons as they go that's why we have all those bookmarks out there or you can pick your own text 
But I'm always encouraged when I hear people come up and tell me. So, by the way, if you are in any of these initiatives and things are happening and God is moving, tell us about them so we can tell those stories. Those are stories that we need to hear. We need to praise God and celebrate when good things are happening, when God is moving among us. I think about uh, a while back, earlier, I don't know, maybe it was this spring, I can't even remember now, I was in the Sojourners class on two Wednesday nights talking about Discovery Bible Study. And after I finished, there were two guys in there, uh, Neil and JC, you, you guys mo- you, you know Neil and JC, they said, we need to do this. And they invited another guy in the class who wasn't yet a Christian. He was someone who was coming to church, just an awesome guy, learning, having discussions with his wife, learning about Christ, learning about the church. And those two guys said, let's ask Brian to be in our Discovery Bible study. And sure enough, he said, yeah, that'd be great. And they baptized Brian earlier this summer. And certainly it was a combination of many influences, but Discovery Bible study was a a major part of his spiritual journey to that point, and I think still is today as they continue to meet. And so let us know what God is doing through these. And of course, I, I think it's important for us to say, if we haven't already said it tonight, you can be doing Bible studies, shared experiences, and mentoring on your own apart from these. You don't have to necessarily be an official part of any of these. But I hope you're doing something for God to use you to make disciples. And if you're not, maybe you want to consider one of these. And so let's talk about next steps. What are some on-ramps for people? If they want to get connected, if they want to get involved, what do they do? Uh, What do they do with shared experiences? Well, first of all, I forgot to mention that we are working on some other groups. So know that hopefully there are some other pieces that are going to be coming in on that. Uh, Basically, if you want to be involved, we kind of had a process of signing up and then connecting people and honestly we're taking out the middleman we're just going to put the leaders information uh trying to get that to you guys hopefully we'll have that in the foyer here very soon and you can just contact the leader and say hey i'm interested in being involved uh, shoot them an email text call whatever and they can get you that information but i also encourage you to think about this maybe in a tiny little uh, a tiny bit different way where you're thinking of it as a missional opportunity mm-hmm. instead of just like man i don't really feel like playing basketball mm-hmm. tonight more like can i impact somebody by jumping in and being a part of this group. So that is really the main piece is just connect with, with the group leader. Also, if you're already involved in a small in a shared experience group, um, just know that those leaders are having to put in a lot of work. So maybe touching base, how can I help? Do you need a break? How are things going? Being able to kind of maybe step up into some of those leadership roles as well um, so nobody gets too exhausted. Very good. Kent? If you want to know more about the, the mentoring initiative, there's some handouts that, that we, we give to our mentors and, and those that are being mentored. They're out in the foyer. Feel free to pick one of those up. We ask for sign-ups for those wanting to be mentored. Right. We're not, we, we don't sign up. We guarantee anybody that wants to be mentored that we will find a mentor for them. So that's, that's the angle we come from. And you can sign up online. You can go to our website right now, go under forms. You fill that out. We hope to... Now, it takes us, we take a few weeks after we get a name to, to find a person that we think would be a good mentor for them. We get them together, and uh, we hope to have these, this new groups kick off in, in January of this year. So now's a perfect time to sign up, and uh, Phil and Tara Klutz help lead this ministry, and they're, they're, they will work with that, 
and find somebody that we think matches an interest you've told us or just somebody that we think would be a, a good mentor for you. Yeah. So sign up online for both of these. For Discovery Bible Study, you don't need to contact me. You don't need to sign up online. You just need to get a bookmark and open your Bible and sit down with someone and, and maybe schedule weekly times to get with that person or those people and just take the time to do that. If you want to find out more about Discovery Bible Study, I'm going to be in the community class on Wednesday night on October 23rd and 30th, I believe, are the dates. And we're going to talk more about it, and I'll answer questions, and we can go a little bit more in depth on some of that information. But we would encourage you to be a part of that. Last question. Just uh, share with us your, your hope and dream for mentoring and shared experiences. What is your hope and your prayer and your dream for these initiatives? Uh, for me, it's just that the people that need to have build those connections, uh, the people that have that need to have this in their heart, uh, develop those relationships, that this is an entry point for people who are hurting and who don't have Christ in their life yet, and that this can be a tool that facilitates people coming to Christ. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the church is described in Acts as the way, and so that we are on this way, we're on this, this journey. And it's so nice to share life together in, in these common interest groups. What a, what a blessing. I, I mean, they're blessing our family right now, and they've been a blessing to me in, in the past as well. Um, it's, it's nice to know that we're all Christians. We all care about the Bible. But there are times where it's important, I think, for us to sit down and open up God's Word. And I think that's very crucial. And mentoring, mentors have blessed my life. Some of them had been designated mentors that I recognized at that. And others were just people that walked or are, walk, are, are currently walking alongside me. And so as we just follow this way, I think these three things that we're talking about really help us on our journey. We are a church family. We're intergenerational. Shared experiences, you get to meet people outside of your own group sometimes. And mentoring, to come along somebody and alongside somebody that you know loves you, cares for you, and you, you can respect. It's what a blessing. Yeah. For Discovery Bible Study, my, my hope and my prayer is that that everyone would find a way to open up God's Word with, with someone else. There's, like I said before, great power in God's Word. And I know you believe that because you wouldn't be here if you didn't believe that. And don't you want to share that with someone else? And sometimes we just need a tool. We just need something to help us know how to do that. And sometimes we also need a little bit of a push, a little bit of an encouragement to do that. And so if you've been thinking about it, if you don't know where to start, maybe just take that next step. Maybe get a bookmark and, and someone in your own family say, can we try this for a while and just kind of get used to it and see how it goes? So really what I hope is that it's an open door for us to share life together, share the scriptures with each other, and for God to do amazing things in us and through us, as he already is through all of these initiatives. Again, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact any of the people on the screen there. And we will uh, follow up with you and just help you in any way we can. We're going to continue talking about these things because God is calling us to be disciple makers. And it's not just missionaries. It's not just mission trips. Each one of us is a missionary in our world. And the commission is great. And the opportunity is great. And most of all, the one who commissions us and calls us is great. So we want to wrap up tonight as we do every time just with an offer, an invitation. Maybe it's time for you to claim Jesus as your Savior, to be baptized into Christ, to put him on in faith through baptism and say, I want to live for him. I want to be a follower of him. Jesus is saying to you, 
Come and follow me, and I'll make you fish for people. Maybe you're ready to take him up on that tonight. Or maybe we can encourage you and pray for you. If there's something we can do, we certainly will. We invite you to come as we stand and sing. 